Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. He takes everybody off. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. It should be 2 0 and is. What a World Cup for Megan Rapino. Golden Gold. Soccer stars and the moments that made them on Blue Wire. Hey everyone, welcome to my new podcast. You are now on the hook with Abner Maris. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of On the Hook with Abner Maris. And since it's close to uh, Halloween, I got a special guest for you guys today. Um, dear friend of mine, great guy, Latino, by the way. <laughs> Um, I want to introduce him as, um, obviously, he's been uh, serving for over 16 years as a psychic medium, as serve. He's been a, a bridge between the physical world and those who are crossed over to the other world. Uh, without further ado, I want to introduce my friend, AJ Barrera. How you doing, AJ? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. No Thank you, brother. Aside from that, man, congratulations. You've been all over, man. You've been like, <laughs> real 92.3, hot 103.3. Nine MTV's um, uh, Teen Moms, Part 106, Violin, and right. now you're on the hook with that reminder, man. <laughs> I know it's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's such a, it's such an honor. I, I love like following your work as well. So it's a pleasure to be speaking with you and and being here with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Um, so let's start off slow. Let's start off, man, with the simple <laughs> question, which is, when did you know, man? <laughs> when did you know you had this gift? You know, it's quite an interesting uh, journey, the way things happen. You know, like my journey uh, happened very uniquely than most other psychics and mediums. They saw spirit and felt spirit and, you know, hurt certain things. And for me, it was really more curiosity than anything else. Um, I grew up watching certain shows like Sally, Jesse, Raphael, Jenny Jones, Maury, okay. um, Ricky Lake. And I saw all these psychics and mediums on television doing readings and doing audience readings and things of that nature. For How me, old were you at that time? I was probably maybe, you know, between 10 and 13 years old, for sure. Okay. You know, for sure. I, I was uh, watching all those shows and, you know, I was thinking like all these people are crock of BS. There's no way people can talk. Mm. To There's no way people can do this. So I kind of went on my own journey trying to understand the process of how people can actually make a connection or how people can actually see auras and read energy. So I started working with tarot cards from sixth grade to eighth grade and started mm -hmm. reading people around my junior high school, uh, what I saw, what I felt, what came through. Like I was a weird kid at junior high school. Like, well. I was a unique kid. Like people did not really hang out with me. I wasn't really the popular one, well. obviously, but, but you know, like I always joke around telling people that like my life story was about like, you know, the tree was my best friend and the wind was my other friend. Like I didn't have many people there, but people well. would always, were curious or intrigued or what I saw or what I felt. And after, you know, three years of working with the cards, people would, would tell me, oh my God, like this is right. Or this is right about this projection or, or, or what I saw and what I felt. So for me, I thought, oh, maybe I'm just a good guesser. Maybe I'm just guessing all this information because I didn't know too much about it. So 
Um, when you still didn't believe I, in yourself. You thought it was just luck at the moment still. Yeah, I thought it was more yeah. like a fluke thing, like, you know, because sometimes mm. people can be, obviously, we're all intuitive. We all have this ability. But I did not know back then that we're all intuitive. I did not know that we're all, you know, we're not all mediums, but we're all intuitive. Right. We all have that gut feeling, that impression of like, oh, my gosh, should I pick up this phone call? Should I take this job? That's part of intuition. But mm. for me, I did not know I had mediumistic abilities, which is connecting with the other side. That ability came into play when I was a freshman in junior high school. And when that happened for me, um, my high school teacher, who was my art teacher and science teacher, she was a medium back then and still is today. And she's mm-hmm. the one that told me that I had the ability to communicate with the other side. We did not know each other. She did not know me. And uh, she was there in the classroom talking with another colleague in, that was there. And she told me that I had the ability to communicate with the other side. And so I took, I mean, every class that I had with her from art, RPA, teacher's assistant, science, for four years, I had her for four years. She taught me for four years how to connect with energy, see energy. Um, I even stole, uh, not stole, but borrowed my parents' car to mm. actually, uh, take uh, classes in, in Anaheim, California to go uh, learn how to tap into the abilities. So she would go there and teach or she would take classes as well to kind of like learn more about the process. And uh, I finally went there to take a couple circles or development circles of developing, developing my ability. And so um, after a couple classes, the, the individual said, like, you really don't need these classes and, you know, you can do this on your own. But I remember going there because back then there was mainly older, older people that were there. There was mm-hmm. no one my age that was there. And I remember people asking me, are you lost? Are you looking for your parents? Like, do you need something? And I was mainly the youngest person there taking classes. And then, then uh, over those four years, I ended up starting doing uh, house calls and private reading. So I was actually reading people, not only in my high school, but reading for their families and friends as well. So it just kind of happened word of mouth. At the age of like 19 is when my, 19 and a half is where my career actually started. Um, I was actually going to a JC. I was actually taking tests to be a firefighter, going to fire science degree, taking all those classes and whatnot to kind of go in that field. Because I always knew I wanted to be of service to people and for people but I didn't know what. So at the age of 19 and a half, uh, someone submitted an email to the, a radio station called Coast 103.5 in Los Angeles. And they, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, and they had a radio <laughs> show called Angels in Waiting. And that show ran for nearly like five years on, on Coast 103.5, but also on KVIC, which is now my FM. And I didn't have a website, didn't have a phone number. I was getting out my cell number on the radio because I'm like, oh, nothing's going to come of this. There's nothing going to mm-hmm. happen here because I thought it was going to be one thing, a fluke thing. And after my first show, they said, okay, you're signed on for the next, you know, for the next several shows. And also those several shows turned into almost a five-year span of doing the show. And that's oh. how kind of things happen in a nutshell. Awesome. But who, who was, uh, who was your first, I guess, person you ever did work on or? Wow. I mean, that's. I mean, I can't really recall, but I know it was in junior high school with Tarot. I can't remember the first person. I think it's probably one of the, you know, people that we hung out with or a close group that we hung out with that were curious and open to it. And then high school, I remember they're just random people. I mean, just people that did not even talk to me or people that were, I would say, more of the um, popular kids. Um, yeah, like you said, you were, what, 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 what were the questions like in high school? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, what were they like, you know, is this girl going to date me? Are we going to win the, the basketball game? Things like that. So who's going to win? Uh, are we going to win CIF championship? Yeah. Are we gonna win? yeah, like all that stuff was huge. Or people would ask me and I'm like, right. oh, we're going to win this or this is going to happen. So oftentimes it was more of the generic questions per se. Mm-hmm. Because, but back then, you know, 
you know, growing up, it wasn't a big thing. Like it wasn't a big thing at all at, you know, doing psychic and mediumship, you know, we saw different mediums like Sylvia Brown, who was on Montel constantly and yes, and Van Prague, who's still doing the work and Char Mongolis. These are individuals I looked up to. John Edward is another main guy who's, who's huge of doing this work. And so those are people that I looked up to of doing this work because there wasn't really anyone else doing the work. And the common thing was like, is this you're going to date me? Are we going to go out? Are we going to go to the prom? Is this going to happen? So there was a lot of those common things that, that would be asked, but I can't remember specifically who I read for, but most of them were just high school um, people that, that would come in contact with me. And most of, most of the days now, like, you know, people find me and realize like, oh my God, like AJ still doing this work to this day. So uh, it kind of, awesome. kind of made me into who I am today. So <laughs> of course. And then obviously I heard someone tell me that uh, your parents were not big believers of you um <laughs> when did they become a big believers when did they believe um how old were you at the time and what made them believe in you yeah so that's that's an interesting story you know um you know i'm sure you i don't know if you grew up catholic but you know in hispanic culture you know we grew up catholic most of us grew up catholic mm -hmm. like went to catechism catholic school the whole nine yards my parents went to catholic school my grandparents were devout catholics like the whole nine yards so it was tough to even talk about it and my mom, like she thought it was a phase I was going through, but she would always tell me like, Hey, Sylvia Brown's on TV or she has a special or, or this psychic thing is on or this paranormal. But I grew up watching uh, the X-Files, um, Bewitch, I Dream of Jeannie, um, Twilight Zone, all those shows. So I, was I always, did too. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always curious and I and always yeah. was fascinated with the paranormal or, or something more with this work. And uh, right. for me, it kind of just happened, I guess a little bit or organically because like, when I started doing this work, you know, my mom just encouraged me and, uh, and the best way that she could as not really supporting it, but encouraging mm -hmm. if that makes sense, because she didn't want to tell my dad, my family and whatnot. And I think my brother, my brother is, says he's a skeptic, but he always refers family and friends or friends to me mm -hmm. at the same time. And they always get That's great so cool. validation. So um, my family has been a huge support, you know, um, for them. Uh, I think it was kind of a unique experience because like, for me being a quiet, shy kid throughout the time, and my family knows that, and here I am speaking in front of people, doing the work, it kind of changed who I was. But for them, I think when they really accepted it is when I started doing all the radio, all the press, and they started realizing that I'm talking to people on a phone line from Kansas or from New York. Um, all I have is a name that I'm connecting with, and I'm bridging connections with validation with names, dates, birthdays, passing, specific memories, things of that nature. And so once they started listening to that, they became a little bit more in awe with it. So for years, my mom would tell people, like when I started doing the work for years, my mom would tell people, oh, he's a consultant. He's a consultant. What is tell them what I did for a living? Yeah. Consultant. And then you get the nosy people, like a consultant for what? You know, so mm -hmm. my mom would say, oh, he's a consultant. He's an accountant. You know what I mean? So my <laughs> parents would always just try to like diffuse it or try to like push it away because they don't want to kind of like, bring any negativity or harm to the family because the way they grew up and we all grew up, it was a little taboo right. religious. You know, I grew up religious um, as a pra practicing Catholic, you know, one have on like there's heaven and hell on that judgment day. You go to that place as a spiritualist. I believe we just go to the other side. We make that transition. So for my father, when I started doing, when I first did my first radio show, my dad did not really know what a psychic medium was or what a medium was in general. And so I remember doing, um, coast 103 i think it was my first show or second show i said hey dad you know like our mom and dad my mom knew because she kind mm -hmm. of knew visibility and uh embraced it and so i told my dad hey i'm gonna be on radio at this time blah blah uh i'm going by this name and etc cetera, etc cetera. listen on and 
my dad goes a medium like like you mean like a medium like on the freeway like he had no <laughs> idea like what wow. the heck yeah. was, what it was that i had explained to him and so for a while they they weren't all that great to it all for it and then i think afterwards they saw the healing and the validation uh and, and the recognition that the people were receiving because they would send emails to the radio station and people would start calling us and, and starting wanting more readings or having more on the show so for me it was more of i think uh blessing the process for them and really uh, taking it by the horns and really saying like, it is what it is. But, you know, it's been six, little over 16 years I've been doing this work. And uh, my mom, again, my mom thought it was a phase. I go, mom, it's been 16 years. This is not a phase. It's like, <laughs> it's not, what yeah. This is what I do, you know? So, you know, parents always want to encourage you, have a backup plan, go to college, get a bachelor's, get a master's, do all that Man. stuff, which I was on my journey of doing that. But spirit just opened up another door and I just walked right through it. That's good, man. And and obviously you touched the point that, you know, that you're you're Mexican American, you're Latino. Do, do you find that Latinos tend to embrace the the connecting with the other side more than others? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's kind of like a, you know, a fine line. I mean, we have line. Dia de los Muertos. Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because there's a fine line too, because, you know, especially if they grow up very, you know, it's interesting because there are individuals that I read for um, and, and, and my culture. And I think in some ways they're either embrace it or they're afraid of it. And mm. we're afraid of it because we're fear of the unknown. We haven't, you know, we haven't read up on it. We have, we weren't taught about it. There was not awareness about it. And there's others that embrace it, that honor them, that do the altars, the candles, the photos and doing all that yes. stuff by honoring them, which is actually, you know, you know, in a couple of days that, that we're going to be doing that. So if we honor them, yeah, um, but I do find it in our culture quite often that, um, it is good, but also it's bad because again, religion is a big thing that's ingrained into us that we're like, this is a devil's work. This is taboo. So right. I always try to bring balance with this work and have people understand, like I grew up as a pra practicing Catholic. I'm not one now. I still pray to God. I still do the prayers. I still do my meditation, all that stuff. Because I believe what I do comes from good light. It comes from good intention. I'm not over here calling upon the dead or the demons or all these negativities. I work with white light and good energy. And as long as I work with that, I know that's what I attract and that's what I'm going to bring in. But more importantly, that's the healing process that's going to happen for that client or that individual that I'm reading for. Mm -hmm. Of course. And then you have movies like Coco that, you know, right. really brought, yeah, you really brought up to people like, well, what is this? You know, honestly, my kids didn't know. I, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm Mexican-American too, you know, and I didn't grow up teaching my daughters. Yeah, that was muertos or right. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't take candles to my, my dead people. Like, you know, I just, I, I grew up Christian. You know, right. um, different. And, you know, when someone dies, he dies and, you know, he's, he's in better life and, and DM. But Catholic is more of a, you know, you embrace them. You you still want to see them, you know, candles, um, um, which leads me to my next question. Is it just a myth that during this time, the other los muertos, there is a thin line to connecting to the other side? Not a myth. Absolutely. 100% true. Really? 100 true. 100 oh, wow. Yeah, so I feel like that during this time frame, this is where the veil is thin, is what they call it, where the connection yeah, yeah. with our loved ones is stronger. And it's also, we become very more intuitive and also we become a little bit more uh, uh, empathic where we actually feel that energy. So empathic is for individuals that actually can feel emotion, feel energy, sense things, um, where they feel overwhelmed or they sense maybe their, their loved ones are around them at certain times or they have dreams or, or different connections or signs and signals that come through that are subtle or very loud. But it's very true because it's, it's, you have to think like when that veil is in, it gives us the opportunity to reconnect with them. Hence, mm -hmm. there's all other religions and other beliefs where we honor our dead loved ones during that time frame as well. So it's actual fact, to be quite honest. Oh, that's, uh, that's new for me. Thank you, man. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I thought it was just a myth, to be honest, but that's so cool, man. 
This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. You can listen to my in-depth conversations with notable past and present players like Tony Gonzalez. When I play catch with my son, I get joy when the ball hits my hands and I tuck it away. Travis Kelsey. I appreciate you doing this, man. Getting everybody a little educated on the tight end world, man. It's a tight-knit family, baby. George Kittle. Tight ends love each other. We have each other's back, and we all experience the same stuff. And many others. Check out TE1, a new podcast from Blue Wire on Stitcher. Subscribe to TE1 today. Lindsay Rhodes here. So excited to tell you about my new podcast with Blue Wire, the NFL Roadshow. If you love the NFL, this is the show for you. We've got your breaking news, all the week's biggest storylines, plus a complete breakdown of what they might mean for your fantasy team. I'll also be speaking to some incredible football minds, like Trey Wingo. Wins are not a quarterback stat. I will die on that hill. John Hansen. I'm still an Edwards Alaire believer. And a whole lot more. Subscribe to the NFL Roadshow today, wherever you get your podcasts. And, um... Is there a, a question or an answer that is crossed over to you from the other side that you just don't want to say it or have not told the other person because you just feel you shouldn't? No, absolutely not. I do not censor anything at all whatsoever. So I tell good, bad, and the ugly. And when I say ugly, it means like it's stuff that people don't want to hear. I, I Exactly. Believe, yeah, I believe in my work, there's ethics of doing this and people should all have mm. that, especially, you know, anyone, any field, anything, but especially with intuitives, you want to respect everyone's energy, everyone's uh work field that you tapping into and reading but when i do this work i don't censor it i believe it's spirit or if i'm getting a message intuitively there's a reason why i'm getting it and there's a reason why right. I'm it. and there's times that people don't want to hear it this could be from you know um you know respectfully when i say this people cheating or the husband or the wife mm-hmm. or you know uh, maybe a situation that has happened here that's negative when it comes down to career or finances because oftentimes people will sit with me on on a psychic level rather than a mediumistic level where they want to know more about intuitive coaching about business and relationships and sometimes yes. they think it's all birds and butterflies but in reality i'm like well actually this is not good or this is what's coming up here but i i am very honest i'm very frank and i think this is why a lot of clients like me because i don't sugarcoat anything like i'm love like diarrhea of the mouth when it comes through <laughs> that's how it should be that's how it should be of course oh i love it man <laughs> well obviously now during the pandemic uh i'm sure i'm guessing that you've gotten a lot tons a lot more work you know people being scared of we know what's going to happen what's next did you see this pandemic coming i did not see the pandemic happen um or coming but when it first came about um i knew it was going to be bad like i knew that for mm. a fact and uh, people would ask me and i would not speak about it and i'm probably you know probably the only show that i have spoke about it is this one today that i am oh, thank and, you. Uh, so here's the thing with that pandemic is that i really believe that we're not going to be in the clear anytime soon. I've been telling people like when it first happened and I told them yes. like by this time frame, like by June or July, we're going to see another thing coming up here. And then by next year, like people think, Oh, by 2020, it's all going to be over. Like, no, it's not going to be over towards the end of 2021 to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. We're barely getting a grip on things. And even though there's mm-hmm. vaccines that are out there, no offense. And I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician. I don't diagnose, but I wouldn't get the vaccines. I wouldn't get the first, second or third run on that because we don't know what issues or what it may cause for the body or what would break down in that situation. So I'm really concerned with that. I actually had a lot of events lined up to travel all over the place to do my live shows uh, for, for this year. And I'm sure you have a lot of things lined up as well for travel or I do. And yeah. boxing. 
but here's the thing in that moment when uh the event happened i think it was march february or march mm -hmm. i didn't bat an eye to cancel all my events cancel all my flights all my hotels i didn't bat an eye and i just did it and canceled it because i knew we weren't coming out of this anytime soon so mm -hmm. i feel like that we're in this process for the long run wear your mask people wash your hands do your hand sanitizer do all that stuff help slow the spread. That's all we can do and stay in the right mind. I mean, there are so many clients that I've read for during this pandemic um, that already have the readings booked because I'm typically booked out, you know, three to four months out with appointments and clients. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people have already lost loved ones during that time frame um, of COVID or from COVID, or they couldn't see their loved ones in the hospital because of COVID. So there's a lot of things that are happening in this world that we have to brace ourselves for and really realize that, you know, there's more coming, not in a, like a taboo way, but in a way that we need to really brace ourselves and really, it's about humanity. It's about oneness, mm. it's about unity. It's about that. Uh, it's about all of us coming together with all these racial things that are going on. But it's, and, yeah, I was just going to touch that. We're, it's like, I'm seeing the opposite of it. You know, yep. it's totally the opposite. I mean, a lot of riots, a lot of people just, a lot of negativity, you know, obviously yep. during bad times, you see that a lot, you know, um, people just being angry at, at, at life itself right now you know the the circumstances everything and it's uh it's all negativity but you're right man it's, it's all about being united you know helping one another and, and being uh awareness you know that that this is not over I, I keep telling people it's not over you know keep uh following the measurements you know mask and wash your hands like you mentioned you know i like yourself you know i have to travel a lot and it brings a lot of big concern to me and my family obviously i wish i couldn't but if you know work is work flying out yep. next week as we speak i mean this thursday and then next week and then the following one i mean it's part of it but uh yeah it's a, that's a that's a scary thing. It, it, it is and even with a lot of clients you know that have appointments booked in person um or you know chose to do it uh in person a lot of them kind of like took a step back saying like, i'll do i want to do it via facetime or zoom mm -hmm. or like video yeah. Which, which, which is good and I don't mind. And they're also helping me and, and protecting my family at the same time. So I just want to make sure everyone's safe and everyone knows that, you know, we're here. And, you know, the good thing about technology, especially using different platforms is that I'm, I'm able to still work. Many people are still able to work, you know, from home. So I can still host small events, large events online and do mm -hmm. audience readings and do events like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the new, the new thing to do in a, very, in a very weird way. I've never like, it's kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I like it, you know, I kind of like doing the <laughs> online stuff because it's like, right. you know, it, it's just, it's easier. People can be in the comfort of their home. They don't have to travel. They don't have to do this stuff. So it, it's that I feel like for me, like when this situation happened, I, I kind of was right. worried because I'm like, how to cancel the hotels, all the events, all the shows, you know, refund all the tickets, get all that stuff done. And so it was just like a huge thing. And then at that moment, I'm like, you know, what? I let go, let God and, and kind of just focus on the moment and say like, this is what I need to do. I need to do. And so it actually took me a moment to kind of like get into the groove of like doing mm -hmm. all my events and courses. So, um, but we have to know, like, you know, we're all protected, we're all grounded, but we can't, we can't stop this ourselves. We all have to kind of do the right thing in this process and knowing that again, this is not going to be over in the next month, the next two months and dealing with the elections and all that stuff. Like that's yes. a whole nother story. That's, yeah, that's a whole uh, other story, man. Another monster that's going to hit us. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so it, it's so funny because like there, there's a, I don't know if you, you've seen the the meme or, or the thing on, on social media where uh, people had like the, uh, a calendar, like, Oh, like about a 2020 calendar. And all of a sudden people were like, for what, you know what I mean? Like why buy a 2020 mm. calendar? Like, can't do anything, can't go anywhere, can't do anything. Right. But it's hilarious because I think for us, we just have to be in the positive state of mind and say, you know, yes, we do things, but just in a different way. You're so right about that one, man. And, and we we're speaking about monsters. Why did mentioned it? And, um, you know, on your side, spirits, man. Um, have you ever done, done a, a, 
paranormal activity where you had a spirit, a bad spirit follow you or any spirit? Yes. Um, probably one of my not best story, but probably memorable experience in a good and bad way. Um, so, so this story happened and I think Hannah, um, you know, knows about this because at the time I was filming the show from beyond with Mundos at the time Mm. several years back. And it was actually, I think for our last episode, we were at Linda Vista hospital in Boyle Heights, which was basically an insane asylum. They actually held people there. There was was a psych ward that you would go underground on the other side of there. There was a a ward, a psych ward. Mm. So we were there investigating. We didn't get a lot of like hits, a lot of AVPs, a couple here and there. And uh, during the time we were about to end production, I was provoking, which is my fault. You don't ever, ever want to provoke a spirit. Um, I'm over here saying, oh, come scratch this person, come scratch that person, come mm. scratch me, do this, pull the hair, and nothing really mm. happened. So, we're, so we did some EVPs, which stands for electronic voice phenomenon. And during these EVPs, we actually captured spirit voice on the recorder when we play it back. So yes, we captured yes. a few of those. We did some ITC, instrumental transcommunication, where it's basically a device that scans through frequencies and spirit speaks to that white noise. So we did a couple of those. And afterwards, as we we're kind of like walking out of the room, the room was called 323. Mm-hmm. Um, that the patient was known to like harm people. It was like kind of the worst patient during that time frame. So we we're walking out, camera guys behind us in front of us had a, a friend of mine, another investigator, Ramiro, that was behind us as well. And I typically wear my cross, you know, where, where, when I was doing the show or I was doing an investigation. And I thought like the cross like snagged like the back of my hair, like, you know, my chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went and I went like that. And Ramiro goes, what happened? I go, I feel like something bit me because it felt like it was a bite. What right. happened? I actually had three scratches that broke the skin on the back of my neck. And uh, that's something I think maybe perhaps Hannah can show you or maybe she can find, but um, it broke the skin production, uh, the production crew, everyone freaked out. They stopped production said, okay, everyone, let's get out of here. Let's go. Like I freaked out. I was in shock. Like I didn't know what happened. Like, you know, I don't have, you know, long nails either. So like everyone Mm -hmm. knew like there's no way this happened and it was being filmed at that very moment. So yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. But it just, it it kept there. It didn't follow you home, did it? It did not follow me because you know, what we typically do with any investigation or even with any reading, you ground yourself or protect yourself. And that can be through Palo Santo, sage, uh, cedar wood, cedar oil can be different things. But I think we used sage that day to close down an investigation and we saged everyone of production and also ourselves as well during that time. But I knew just by walking on that property, this is to be a lot to handle for me energetically. That's scary, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is scary, man. And, and you haven't had any other ever since, right? No, that's probably yeah. the only experience that I've had. I mean, I've had other experiences. You know, another one was in Rialto, at uh, Rialto Historical Society. And uh, we were investigating this old church, this old home that was uh, moved. And the girl died from leukemia, I believe. And they mm. still have like her room set up with the bed, the toys, the dolls and all that stuff. And I remember I actually got... Um, like touched and it was more of an energetic shock that I actually literally jumped out of the chair because I felt something shocked me through my whole body. So that was an experience, but I don't think it was negative, but I think it was that spirit letting us know that it was around us during that time period. Uh, do our loved ones try to contact us more than we try to contact them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I always joke around with people saying they're more alive than we are, to be quite honest. Mm. <laughs> um, because they do give us many signs and signals from the other side. What happens during those times is that when we get those signs and signals, either mm-hmm. one or ego gets in the way and we overanalyze that information and we start thinking, oh, is it just me? Is it my imagination? Is it wishful thinking? There's yeah. all these things that we go through and we try to think like, you know, maybe it's just coincidence, X, Y, Z, but 
honestly, our signs that our loved, the signs that we receive from our loved ones are very subtle or they can be very grandiose. And when I say the grandiose ones, it could be like, say you're driving down the street and you see the truck of say your father's name on the side of the truck who's passed over in spirit. That's a very big sign. Other signs, sign, yeah. yeah, that other signs can be very subtle. It could be more of a thought, a feeling, a, a scent, like a smell. So if they wore their favorite perfume or cologne, if they love mm -hmm. cigars or cigarettes, you might smell that in a car with your windows up. So they'll do different things to get their message across to us. But typically, you know, they'll give us messages, um, not so much randomly, but when we need them. So if we're in a difficult time or we're in a difficult time, emotionally, spiritually, mind, body, and soul, they'll give us a message either as a thought or through mm -hmm. our home with a picture falling off the wall or, right. or there's going to be um, some sort of uh, something through the elements, through Mother Nature, if it's going to be a, through a bird, a butterfly, uh, a grasshopper, a prey mantis. So they may do different things because people have their own messages knowing it's their, their loved ones coming through. And I always tell people, just ask and you shall receive. You may not receive it immediately, but ask and they'll come to you and give you a message, but be specific about it. Right. When you say specific, you want to know, let me know exactly what you want to ask them, right? Yep. Because uh, you, you, you want, you want to have a direct conversation with them. And you of know, course, especially having, you know, the, the veil thin in this time frame now we're at this point is that it's easy to bridge that communication. So many people in the next, maybe a couple days or maybe the next week, they'll start having dreams or visitations. There's a difference between dreams and visitations. A visitation is when someone actually wakes up with emotion or they feel emotion or they wake up crying or they feel like that person was laying next to them or holding their hand. Yeah. Like all these different things is a visitation where it becomes a soul to soul connection. So, so, so is it a conversation you're having? I'm sorry to interrupt. Like no you're having between them and, 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 and us, right? Like yep. I, if I tell you, hey, can you let her know this? And then she would answer back basically, is, is that? It depends because I work with integrity when I do any of my work. And sometimes I tell people, you may ask me a question. I may not receive that answer back, right. but it may come through in a different way. So I always tell people it becomes a direct conversation with spirit and they will tell me what they want to give you. And it just depends. So sometimes people will sit with me just to hear one piece of information like that right. one thing, and they'll disregard everything else from me bringing through their names, their dates, birthdays, how they pass, all that stuff. And they just want to hear from that one piece uh, of information. If I don't say it, it makes the, uh, the reading not valid for them, if that makes any sense. What's, what's the weirdest uh, question you've gotten? I can, uh, I can imagine one. I don't know, like, I don't know if that uh, one person passed and she, she or he left money somewhere where that we both knew, but he was the only one that you know, put it somewhere else. Like you want to know, hey, ask where you put the money. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is a common one. Is money? Money is a common really? one. Yeah, that you said you said that's a very common one. Is money um, that either they left money behind? He was the only one that knew where the money was located at. Or right. Oh, okay. Yeah. At. And uh, people think that they're gonna come through and say, hey, this is you know your father Joe and the money's right. on the boards and this and that. Sometimes it really? doesn't happen that way. Sometimes they'll show me symbolism, but. Speaking right. of money, there was a client that I read for via Zoom um, about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, and her father was was coming through in spirit. He was talking about finances, talking about money. Mm -hmm. And I said, he's talking about like he left a bunch of bags of coins and bags of money. And I feel like that it's in like, and I said, it's in the drawer, like in the dresser, but I feel like I want to go lower. And they're like, no, my mom looked for everything there and this and that. Lord behold, they actually sent me a video of this to the email address. And they actually showed that he actually underneath the dresser, he had a floorboard and underneath it, it was underneath the cement that he had bags of money that they showed videos, wow. cars and gold and everything else. And so like, oh my God, they, they, they thanked me. I said, don't thank me. Thank your father for validating. Of course. Money of is course. a common thing. Another yeah. funny question or unique question that people ask me, do our loved ones see us having sex? 
Do they see <laughs> So that's a common one too. <laughs> oh my God, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> so that's the common thing that I get asked. They go like, do they see us having sex? Do they see us like being intimate? Like they don't see everything. They're, they only see us. They only see things that they need to see, basically. They're only there for us to guide us. Like our spirit guides, like our loved ones, they're there with us to assist us, but they can't do certain work for us. So they're not there all the time. And I joke around with people. I, I remember in certain audience events that when I would do them, uh, that would be a common question. Like people would be afraid, like, do they see us do this? Right. Like, like, like sex? They go, yeah. Like, I go, no, they don't see that. But I joke around with people saying, yeah, they see everything, but they don't see everything. Like, <laughs> I, I tell me that. I, I, <laughs> joke, I tell my wife too. I tell my wife that if I die first, I'm going to I see you're doing anything. I'm going to come and pull her penis. <laughs> oh, God. Baja las patas, I tell her. Right, right, right. And that's a common thing people are afraid of that they're going to get their feet pulled on that. Like, they're afraid yeah. of like being pulled out of bed or doing all that stuff. But Again, I think it's what we're taught to believe in or the stories that are shared or urban yeah. tales and all that stuff. So it's a very common thing. Like there's so many uh, weird questions, but I always tell people like any question that I receive is never weird or I haven't been asked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I have a question. I felt this before and a lot of people have um, when you're sleeping and you you're awake, like you're you could hear everything in the outside, but you're still asleep and you can't wake up. You can't get up. In Spanish, we call it que se te subió el muerto. You, your body's on, spirit is on top of you and won't let you get up. What is that? Two what does things. that mean? Um, there, so there's two things happening. Either you're having an out of body experience, which basically there's a physical body, which is our body, and there's an mm -hmm. astral body. That astral body is leaving the physical body. So oftentimes, people will actually feel pressure on them, or they'll see someone standing over them, or someone hovering over them. What you're actually looking at is actually your own astral body. It's yourself that you're mm. looking at. And we're not taught to believe in that. We think it's an entity or evil or something negative. It's yeah, but it was a nightmare. Me, it was a nightmare I was having. And I wanted to get out. I wanted to get up and just wake up. Oh, absolutely. Because you're in a state of mind where you where you become lucid or where rapid, uh, REM, uh, rapid eye movement happens, where, where REM happens, where you're in a state of mind. So you have an alpha, beta, delta state that you're in. And at a certain state that you kind of doze off, but you're still lucid. You're still aware of what's happening, where it becomes mm -hmm. like a dream state. And you kind of have this kind of like sleep paralysis moment where you can't scream, you can't move, you can't do mm -hmm. anything. Yes. It's, yes. it's because you're actually out of your body and you're recognizing that. Have you ever had the experience, like say when you're traveling or when you're flying or in a car, I don't know if you drive a lot or if it's, you know, or your wife or kids that suddenly they're, they're asleep in the car and all of a sudden they, they jerk real quick and what happens? Yes. They're like, what the heck happened? It's your astral body slamming right back into your physical body. So you're happy. I, I do that all the time, but but I tell my wife, my wife tells me that I'm fighting in my sleep. Like, babe, you're always fighting in your sleep. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I'm dreaming that I'm fighting and I'm throwing punches or what. But yes, that happens to me a lot. So then that could be a common thing because of your profession, your work. So that yeah. could be one thing because you are dreaming, you're going through those experiences or you're kind of projecting yourself in a different right. place. But I'm not dreaming though. I'm not dreaming about it. I just... Right. It just, yeah. So I, I think for you, for you, I think it's something just to recognize and know it's nothing negative, but knowing that you're connected to your, your soul, your spirit, because if you're mm -hmm. recognizing that you're having these out-of-body experiences and you're astral projecting that you can be at two places at the same time where your body's here and you can be say in, in New York at one time visiting a friend, you say like, oh, that's where I had a dream of my friend. It could be because mm -hmm. actually we're visiting mm -hmm. that person. Is there okay. a spirit you won't channel? Um, no, I mean like, I, I, I can't say so because like, you know, mm. the, the way this work um, happens or the process works is that I need to have like someone who actually has a personal connection with someone. Right. So, uh, you know, oftentimes, and this is sound bizarre, but I'm just going to say it. And I hope I don't put anyone on blast when it comes down mm. to 
production, but I have a lot of production companies. I'll reach out to my office and say like, Hey, AJ, can you contact George Washington or Hitler or Marilyn Monroe? Like mm. all these weird people. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all possible. Anything's possible, but right. you need to have a, a, a bloodline or relationship with that person for validation purposes or for information. But um, there's not a spirit that I haven't came in contact with. I mean, I've actually connected with people from uh, family members that lost their loved ones in 9-11, people that lost their loved ones mm -hmm. from the Holocaust and things of that nature. So, um, but I've never connected with an entity per se or a spirit that I don't want to connect with. Because again, mm -hmm. I want to be good light and good intention. Like I highly doubt that I would connect with something, something like Hitler or, or something from a negative energy or negative past or a murderer or Ted Bundy or, or, or just any, anything of that nature that seems negativity or negative energy. I don't think that would come through because that's not something I want to work with, but don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. I do work with families that have lost their mm -hmm. child or lost their family members from murder, homicide, missing children, that the victim will also come through and talk about their passing or talk about that stuff to validate the process. So it's an interesting process how things happen. But again, there's a reason why that energy is coming through and there's a message that they want to get across to the family, mm -hmm. either apologizing or identifying what has happened in that process. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring up a, a show and I'm sorry, I have to bring it up, but uh, I just don't like the name, but uh, you ever watched the Lucifer? No, I have not actually. Yeah. I have not. I have uh, not. As you said, it's, it's just really good. It's about that. Uh, basically that, you know, it's for Lucifer, the devil that comes from to LA to live in LA and okay. um, the son of the devil that comes to live in LA and he hooks up with his um, detective and he loves the job, falls in love with her and, and basically just starts doing that. You know, he connects with the victim that died to, to, um, um, so that they could tell him how he died and, 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 you know, come out with the clues and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it on Netflix, Hulu, or? Uh... It's on Netflix. I'll, I'll look it's it up. On, Netflix, on season three or four. Oh, God, uh, I know what I'll be doing, yeah. binge watching. Right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, AJ, you know, when AJ's not doing the sidekick medium um, or any of this on TV or radio, what, what is AJ doing? Oh, my what is God. What is normal uh, AJ doing? What am I doing? Uh, yard work? <laughs> working <laughs> on the house uh simple yeah. i'm a very simple family. guy um yeah family guy you know my wife and i we like hang out at the house i love barbecuing i love grilling mm. love hanging out like being in my backyard patio very simple things you know i'm a very normal guy people you know see me do my work and they expect me to be like you know a completely different way or a completely different image yeah. but a very simple guy like I'm, I'm very grounded of what i do and you know like if i get together with friends when i get to like I get to, but not that often I get yeah. to hang out with a lot of people because of my schedule, my work and things of that nature. And yeah. all my friends know that and they respect that. And some of them, like I just had a friend recently that wanted me to go out to Havasu. He goes like, come on, let's go this and that. I go, I have a course I got to teach. He goes, teach it in Havasu. We have the RV, we have this. And blah. I'm like, he goes, man, it's been a long time. He goes, you're always about, you know, about your work. And I go, it's not mm -hmm. about my work, but I'm just so busy and I can't do things last mm -hmm. minute. But, you know, for me, it's like cutting the grass, you know, doing some painting around the house, fixing around the mm -hmm. house, uh, have books, you know, reading, researching, uh, teaching. I love teaching uh, about psychic mediumship development. Really? I love doing that. Um, do you have a class? Do you have a school? Do you have anything where people could sign up if interested? I don't have a school, but I do have my website at ajbarrera.com and they can just go on my events page. I just finished my last course for the year, which was uh, two weeks ago. But I held, I held about five or six courses this year online and I teach people how to do uh, tap into their psychic mediumship abilities for beginners. People have never taken the course. People have never right. uh, had any sort of ability. And there's been many, many of the students that take the class online and they're like, 
blown away because they're actually reading for people that they don't know, connecting them with their loved ones, reading specific mm. things. If I try to teach people that we all have this ability, but it needs to be developed. It needs to be trained. Our brain's like a muscle. Um, and so it takes more ability to, to work at that. So the stronger and more, more work that you put to it, the stronger and better that ability will get. Um, does AJ like boxing? I do. I do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I grew up watching boxing, you know, with my family, like, you know, from all the fights, uh, uh, all the uh, boxing polls, all that stuff. So yeah. we grew up. That's so cool. That stuff. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> that's good. Uh, people that don't know, you know, we have a mutual friend who is my PR, Hannah, that you mentioned yeah. uh, earlier on. Hannah Bolt, that's uh, my PR good friend. Awesome. I still haven't had the pleasure of meeting AJ in person. We've, um, you know, met through social media. Great guy. And uh, man, thank you so much for your time, AJ. Uh, great experience. Great time talking to you, brother. Uh, thank you for being on the hook with Avramides and happy Halloween, brother. Happy Halloween, brother. Thank you so much Abram, for having me here and thank you for allowing me to do this. And uh, hopefully we'll still connect uh, online and happy Halloween. Enjoy your time. Yes, we will. Thanks. Thank you for listening to On the Hook with Abramides. And remember, tell all your friends about the new podcast and to subscribe from wherever they are listening from so they won't miss this or any of the episodes. Follow me on all platforms at Abnormatis. Until next time. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. You can listen to my in-depth conversations with notable past and present players like Tony Gonzalez. When I play catch with my son, I get joy when the ball hits my hands and I tuck it away. Travis Kelsey. I appreciate you doing this, man. Getting everybody a little educated on the tight end world, man. It's a tight-knit family, baby. George Kittle. Tight ends love each other. We have each other's back, and we all experience the same stuff. And many others. Check out TE1, a new podcast from Blue Wire on Stitcher. Subscribe to TE1 today.